June 26, 2001. The Bridge and Tunnel Restaurant and Bar, Shoreditch, London. A trickle of sweat slides down my back as I wait for a chef to pass over my last plate of the night. I'm 18 years old and waitressing for 12 hours a day at minimum wage. June 2011, Sunshine Dance School, North London. I'm 18 years old, deeply hungover and stuck in a stuffy school classroom attempting to teach a bunch of unruly five-year-olds pour de bras. As my table gets up to leave, I realize they've left me only a two-pound tip and 10 coins. I reset the table for the next night's service and look up at the clock. I've missed my last train home. I feel a soft tug at my skirt. I gaze down to see Ellie May looking slightly distressed whilst rubbing her tummy. My manager calls me over, and apparently it's not working out. I have to use my entire evening's earnings to take a mini cab across town and work out what it is I'm going to do with my life. A multicolored stream of projectile vomit cascades across my shoes. The entire herd sobs in solidarity with Ellie Mae. This is clearly not working out. I press play on a whole new world from Aladdin and tell the kids to freestyle for the rest of class. I need to think about what it is I'm going to do with my life. And then it comes to me. I'm going to be a stripper. My name is Buffy. My name is Heaven. And together we are Strippers in the Attic. Hi, Heaven. Hi, Buffy. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm pretty great. Nice. I'm pretty great. So who are you? Why are we here? I'm Heaven. I'm a 29-year-old stripper, and I've been stripping for almost 11 years. It'll be 11 years this month. Nice. And I am Buffy, your co-host on Strippers in the Attic. Yeah. And I was a stripper for about 20 years, but retired now. And why are we doing this podcast well, I think originally we wanted to do this podcast because we just had so many fucking hilarious stories <laughs> that we wanted to tell. Um, and we wanted to celebrate sex work, stripping in particular, and strippers, um, because they haven't always been portrayed in the light that we would like them to be portrayed through the media. Um, and as we've actually started recording this and doing this podcast, actually loads of stuff has come out. You know, we've had... Uh, what Ass Pussy by Cardi we B. Uh, we've had um, all sorts of things in popular culture. And so we kind of wanted to have a bit of a voice in there because we have been strippers and friends in stripperhood for a very long time. We have. How long have we known each other now? I think like seven years. Yeah, it must be about that. We um, we actually both met at Brown's, which is a strip club in the East End. East um, End of London, if those of you who don't know. Yeah, it's kind of more like a pub. It's like a strip pub. And I actually remember the moment that I met you. What was it like? Like It was terrifying. No, it wasn't terrifying. <laughs> I mean, I was standing by the bar counting out my pounds. Um, and you sort of like came from behind me, like this American voice, which I really wasn't expecting, obviously, in an East End pub. And you were like, hi. Oh, I don't want to do an impression of you. That's Please do. That's not good. <laughs> no. That's very cringy. I won't live with myself. <laughs> um, and you kind of came up from behind me and introduced yourself. And you were really tall in your stripper heels, I remember. I am six foot four in my pleasers. Yes. And you kind of loomed over me and you were like, 
very excited and energetic, which was great, but I was like a little introverted. So <laughs> it's a bit of a shock. Um, and also I'd come from some, yeah, some clubs where they weren't so friendly. Um, so yeah, I was maybe a little bit scared, but you kind of introduced yourself and you were really sweet and wanted to kind of show me around. And it was nice. It was Basically, a good introduction. Yeah, just being like the uh, the hostess with the mostess yes. of Browns. Um, and so... You know, just to go like way back in time, where did you first start stripping? I first started at the Sunset Strip. So I'd started, by the time I met you, I'd already done, I think, five years in the industry about that. And I started at the Sunset Strip, which is in the heart of Soho, which is obviously where you go when you're not a stripper and you want to be a stripper. uh, Because you think Soho, CD, strippers, like that all makes sense. So, And who were you like at this point in your life? Like, what were you like as a person? Because when I met you, you were introverted and frightened of me. (laughs) It was 18 year old you. I was a really overly confident 18 year old, actually. I was obsessed with musical theatre. So I was great, like, yeah, I was great all, prequel to being a all stripper. singing, all dancing, jazz hands. Yeah. I mean, um, what was your favorite musical theater show? My definitely Chicago. Okay. I mean, that was my bag. Yeah, I was. Yeah. But do, do you have a character that you were in your head in Chicago? <laughs> mm, I wouldn't have been Roxy. No. Oh, maybe I wanted to be Roxy. Okay. Know. So you're 18. It- you're Roxy, <laughs> I'm Roxy from Chicago. From Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, I was kind of fed up of working jobs where I wasn't making very much money. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to use what I've got. Musical theater. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to use what I've got. I've got a lot of like training, like staged, stage show training. Like I can definitely put that Nail into it. practice. Got it. I got this. <laughs> um, and I went to, I went to Dean Street. I went to the Sunset Strip. Um, the Sunset Strip, if you don't know it, is this sort of quite small strip club that's it's one of the oldest ones. It's been there for over 50 years. Um, and actually, the front of the building is completely open. There's no doors. It's just a completely open. So, you know, you can just see straight in. It's all very purple. It's very purple neon. Um, Era, and, would you say like 70s, uh, 80s, It's 90s? kind of, it's got, it's like 80s. It's done up 80s neon, basically. I love an 80s strip club. Yeah, I mean, it is great. Um, And so I went in there. I was straight away introduced to the owner of the club, Tony. What's he like? He's amazing. He's kind of like the showbiz godfather of Soho. Um, He's a little bit like, if you know um, the Moulin Rouge, Mm -hmm. the film, he's a bit like the the guy. Oh, at the Master of Ceremonies. Yeah, the Master of Ceremonies. He's a bit like him. Does he... Does he also wear makeup? It, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. There was no, there was a little story that went round about him cross dressing, oh. which was really endearing to me. I mean, honest. I do like, he, love a sissy boy. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a sissy boy listening to this, call me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he when he first met me, I told him straight away, obviously, about my background in musical theatre, which he loved. <laughs> so he, in <laughs> got the job. So um he was really excited to see me on stage uh, doing my audition. I was also really excited because I thought, I've got this. I'm, fucking, I'm going to nail I'm Roxy. this. Yeah, I'm Roxy, I'm from, Roxy Chicago. from Chicago. I've got this. Um, so I was shown around the, the changing room and the rest of the club um, by another dancer. She actually took me downstairs to the stage and basically the sunset strip's tiny so the upstairs you've got the bar you go downstairs you've got this little tiny tiny stage 
with two poles on it and like old cinema seating which has definitely seen better days. And like what time of day was this? Was this like a Oh, this was like a, a Wednesday during the day. So, so how, how many customers there were was there? was like a handful of like conscious customers and <laughs> barely <laughs> a couple on the floor, a couple yeah. snoring. Nice. Yeah. Um so yeah, so it was quiet, which actually kind of was was probably better to be doing an audition in a quiet club during the week. Um but anyway, I was shown around, I was taken up to the changing room um i already had my outfit on underneath i was prepared like superwoman <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't think i really realized that like obviously there'd be a changing room obviously you'd have time to get changed or whatever um so so yes yeah, so I, I whipped off my clothes underneath i have um i have a black lingerie set probably from h&m um i definitely didn't have stripper heels um, but I definitely had a bowler hat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I had the slight obsession around that time uh, with wearing a bowler hat. I, my mum calls it my boy George phase. Okay. Because I also had no eyebrows and kind of weird makeup that didn't quite sit well on my face. <laughs> Lovely. So you've got some H&M pants on <laughs> underneath your clothes. Some... Whatever high heels you got and a bowler hat. No eyebrows. And yep. no eyebrows and your full <laughs> musical theatre is I waiting am. to attack the Jazz stage. Hands. I don't know why I thought that I was overqualified for this job because actually <laughs> like musical theatre and stripping do not go hand in hand. Do you know like when you think like I think back to like every new girl who came to a strip club yeah. and you're like, huh, okay, that's an interesting idea that you had going on there. And I feel like we would have all been like, you know, the new girl, the one the one with the bowler hat. Yeah, yeah, bowler hat girl. That would have been me. Your bowler or hat like girl. no eyebrow girl. But yeah, more likely bowler hat because no one wears a bowler hat in a strip club. That's just, it's not a thing. I mean, I do love a prop, but it's yeah. punchy. That's like very like... I would have had a cane had I been allowed another prop. <laughs> like that definitely would have been my ensemble look. Can we just say you did? <laughs> okay, so I'm on stage with my cane and my bowler thank you <laughs> gloves white gloves bats <laughs> so anyway i'm leading up to doing this audition this is my first ever audition i am super confident um that i've got this i'm introduced to the dj who is a character in himself i mean he is about the same height as me so five foot one if that <laughs> yes <laughs> barely um he kind of looked like snape no not snape voldemort oh was it from harry potter oh lovely yeah <laughs> He kind of looked like so him, five foot one Voldemort, and he straight away. I think on our first, yeah, within first the first couple of meet, uh, minutes of meeting him, he showed me the axe wound in his head That's... and the bullet that was lodged in his back, and I was like, I mean, that takes okay. like look at my holiday photos to a whole new level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He actually in the light, um, you could see he had a bit of a Frankenstein face going on. He definitely had like a hundred plus stitches in his face so anyway he'd nice. lived a life and he was Bad now edge. a strip club dj um why has every strip club dj got their face sewn together i don't, I don't know. know it's a thing isn't it yeah i mean i like it though i'm down um <laughs> love a weirdo so he was super excited to have so we've me got there moulin rouge i've got, I've got moulin rouge frankenstein voldemort frankenstein <laughs> And in the middle, Roxy from Chicago with her bowler hat and her cane. I like it. <laughs> what was the song you danced to? So I didn't have a choice in the matter. Okay. If I did, it definitely would have been some kind of like show tune. But um, <laughs> no, I didn't oh. have a choice. It How was sad is that that opportunity did not 
make its way into the world what show tune i'm sorry before you tell us what show what tune would you have performed to? well see i loved maybe this time no, i'm not gonna <laughs> sing <laughs> <That's terrible. laughs> i keep setting myself up for epic fails with this <laughs> carry on <laughs> maybe this time <laughs> i'll be lucky <laughs> Oh, if you've been that girl with the bowler hat, can you imagine? <laughs> yes. Oh, my face hurts from cabaret. So anyway, instead, instead, so in your head, you were dancing. I was to dancing that. to maybe this time from cabaret, and I was Sally Bowles. Yeah. But in in, in reality, reality, I was dancing to No Dig. I like the way you work, kid. <laughs> Which is probably not much of a better choice, if I'm honest. No, I mean, it sits in a different world, but equally bad. <laughs> so I was attempting to do sort of like jazz hands, musical theatre style dancing on stage <laughs> to No Diggity, I Like The Way You Work It, which was just the classic audition song. I'm saying, I, I then went on to see many girls audition to this song. Okay. Some good, some bad. Did you, did you add any other musical theatre moves? <laughs> I mean, I do know a bit about musical theatre. Was there any step ball changes? <laughs> there was. Do you know what? My friend recently brought it up to me. She was like, you know, when you first started working at Sunset, she was like, what was that like weird little like step hop flick move that you used to do? And I was like, oh, a step ball change. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did always do a step so ball change. Like full fussied it out. Yeah, step ball change, step kick. That kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so I'm on stage. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that the entire club, uh, as in like all the girls that worked at the club and all the staff, had basically come downstairs and were lined up at the back just watching my audition. I mean, so, you must have been thrilled being a musical theatre I thought kid. it was great. You had an audience. <laughs> I had an audience. <laughs> Beside the sleeping man in the corner. Yeah, well, the only actual audience member was sat like front centre. Um, As all the old ones do on a Wednesday yes, afternoon. A proper gynecological. Yeah, the gynecological <laughs> row. <laughs> um, he actually tipped me a fiver, so I was thrilled. I hadn't even got through the audition. I'd already made a fiver, so that was great. Um, so, yeah, I'm coming to the end of my audition. I've been doing my step change, step kick, sort of like jazz hands, you know, giving it all that. Um, and then the DJ shouts out to me, take your knickers off, love. <laughs> I'd completely forgotten that I was actually supposed to be taking any of my clothes off. So I'd just been like getting a bit carried away with the performance side of things. Oh, you nailed it. Um, and then, yeah, at the end, I sort of quickly had to whip my knickers off, which is not fun. Or easy. You've never whipped your knickers off on stage. It's not really, there's no whipping. Like, so yeah, so that was a little bit difficult, but managed to get them down. Um, I got off the stage and Tony was thrilled. Obviously, he knew all my references. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he got the bow, the hat. He got the step or change, step kick. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I got the job. Of course he did. And of course I did. Of course I did. It was great. It was, yeah, I was thrilled. I was really, really happy. So um, I actually started that night, which was great. And um, haven't looked back since. <laughs> well, until 2020, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until I was forced to. Yeah. What about you? What was Me, your I sort mean, of first many, audition? Many, many, many years ago. <laughs> Before there was plumbing. Um, no, so I had, so I'd come to London. I was 18 from uh, the Bay Area of San Francisco. Um, 
you know, making a fresh start in life. And I uh, got fired. That's brave, by the way. People say that, but it's not when you don't understand things yet. (laughs) So it would be brave now. Just stupid things. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, And like no no concept of like what it means to move countries uh, and no responsibilities. So Mm -hmm. like now as a 30, nearly 38 year old, I'm just going to say I'm 38. I'm going to start telling people I'm 40. So they tell me I look good for my age. (laughs) As a 40 year old. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so now if I moved, that would be brave. But um. Uh, yeah at that time I just didn't think about it yeah so I'd sort of come over here I got a bunch of jobs and promptly fired from lots of jobs because I was shit at them um and I just sort of thought maybe I'll just be a stripper maybe that's what I should do so I would have either googled research I'm not quite sure how um but trying to work out the oldest most established strip club in London and the windmill came up Wow. So I Yeah, know, it is the oldest, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It was open even during the war. Yes. Um and I think uh it was Mrs. Henderson presents if y'all want to go and see yes, a, a film with I, like celebrities in it. Yeah, I remember watching um, it in the cinema. So I think all of that I was like, oh, that must be a good place to go. Also in Soho, so you know, like safe bet. And um I decided that I was just going to march on in there and I was going to be a stripper. So I went I think I called them first and they said, oh, yeah, you can just come, you know, some really bored receptionist answered the phone as per usual. It's like, yeah, just turn up whenever. And I was like trying to find out all the information to be the best at what I could do because I'd been fired a lot. So I turned up and I was thinking that I was going to like dance or something. Did you think you were qualified for the job or were you? Um, uh, I think I was pretty nervous. I like I had I'd sort of. I think I'd been into a couple of strip clubs at that point, like trying to do research. Right, yeah. Um, and so I was pretty intimidated by the prospect of it, but I, I kind of pushed on through anyway um, because I was very poor. <laughs> I needed to pay rent. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, needs must. And so I got in there and as soon as you arrive at the front, there's sort of the big uh, neon sign that was at the front. And I go in through the doors and there was just like an incredibly bored looking woman sat at the front who was very disinterested and kind of just waved me to the back. And um, I got met at the top of the stairs by this little, very, very tiny, tiny man named Oscar, who was the owner at the time. Um, And I think that because he was so small... I sort of like instantly was like, I think I'm going to be safe here because if he tries anything, I'll just push him down the stairs. <laughs> like that was my my general feeling about the whole thing. Because, you know, like being an 18 year old and being told to like go into a basement with an old man. Yeah. I probably wouldn't recommend clothes. that listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he leads me downstairs and through like this sort of weird labyrinth of boxes and, you know, like old beer cases and beer kegs, super glamorous um, rats. And then I get into his office and it was just tesco lighting like it was just this really um sort of schmata sort of space as my dad would say loads of schmatas everywhere (laughs) yiddish look it up um but just crap basically everywhere papers all over the floor and then they just had the strip lighting that was super bright and like one light kind of flickering in the corner so he had a migraine before you yeah yeah so it was really nice and um my audition consisted of him just going okay take off your clothes and once again i was like okay no dancing no no, he just told me to strip off. And I think I just That's had... more awkward. Very awkward. Do you think? Than yeah. dancing. So yeah. I think I stripped down to my underwear. Um, or I stripped down to my bra and underwear. And then he like instructed me that he would actually need to see my breasts. I don't, you know, I think it's just like, make sure you don't have three. I don't right. quite know, you know, and I was like, okay. So I, I sort of got my boobs out. I have great tits. Um, so, you, you know, it was fine. And then he just got me to walk up and down in the office. Right. A couple like of times. Like catwalk style. Yeah. So I did like okay. a catwalk in the office. And I'm pretty sure I had like 
sneakers on. And oh, like, really? So not even heels? Wow. No. And like, I just had like some sort of like crap, sort of like, I don't know, like gray beige-ish underwear. Like it was <laughs> nice not. Period it was, pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a good look. And, um, and then he's like, yeah, you got the job. And I was thrilled. Yeah. And he sort of explained to me what I needed to go out and buy to start my first shift. And um, I promptly went out and bought him a bouquet of flowers and <laughs> dropped it off. That's such a you thing to do. It's incredibly dorky. But I was like, you know, I was raised right. And uh, I was also, you know, I am a Jewish person and he was a tiny Jewish person. And so, like, I made sure that my super Jewish last name was written on the card. Yeah. So I sort of thought, <laughs> he's my mishpucha. Uh, we will, he will look after me. <laughs> That was actually not the case at all. Um, he didn't care. No. no. <laughs> and I I think that probably the entire club was laughing at me. No. So, yeah. So, my actual first, like, getting naked on stage was my first shift at work. That's um, terrifying. So, you haven't even been up there yet. No. For the audition. No. And so... Oh, tell us a bit about that then. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, what's the stage like at the windmill? It's huge. And it has no pole. Ah! Uh, uh, it's so... It's an What old... do you hold on to? Air. Pride. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically I was told to get myself a dress. So I went to H&M. Of course. Stripper All Haven. non-strippers think that, yeah. That must be the place. That must and be I, the place. I think I had probably, so I'd, I'd spent 25 pounds on some flowers. Um, and I think I probably had about another 50, 60 quid left to my name. Um, my aunt had lent me some money to like pay my rent. I mean, I was a total disorganized mess. Not hot mess. Yeah, just a hot <laughs> mess. And so I got this black sort of asymmetrical stretchy dress where I was like, I can get that off pretty easy. And then I got myself, um, you know, Topshop style H&M knickers, which were black with uh, black sequins on them, I remember. And oh, sequins on knickers is a no go. I mean... It hurts. It really does. And it wasn't a good move. And so, and they were also like, you know, the big thongs that just like have too big of a gusset. We're going to, and the T-bar thong at the back. So like, I've got a nice ass. They did not really make that look like that was a real story. Um, And then I think it was like a slightly padded bra, which also totally unnecessary. I've got really big boobs as it is. So it was just And also like just doing the padded bra thing, as soon as you take it off. Disappointment. Yeah. You just yeah, see the I had that a lot. I had that a lot before I got my tits done. Where yeah. It was just like super padding. Yeah, and then you just <laughs> and then they're like, oh, false advertising. Um, <laughs> so embrace the small tits or had, whatever. Yeah, it, I agreed a hundred percent. But yeah, so I had this sort of plunging neckline, and it was like just past the knee. I did not have enough money for shoes. I didn't even know what pleasers were, <laughs> so um, that was not a thing. And I had salsa shoes, which are suede bottoms. Salsa shoes. Uh, probably about three and a half inches. Did you do just, salsa classes I then? I did. Oh, I was well. quite good at salsa. Uh, I'll have you know. I, back in San Francisco, I used to go to salsa club once a week. Um, anyway, so yeah. So that's what I rocked up with. Um, and I think like a purse. They told me to make sure I had a purse. And so I arrived in the front door. The club was absolutely empty and then I just had you know somebody really disinterested I was so eager to like make friends and make a good impression and I just got sent downstairs and you it's a labyrinth in there so you just you never I never really got the angle of a place I was only ever there for two weeks but I go in and I get sent downstairs I don't know why the I mean the change rooms were always in basements which I'm sure is illegal and really illegal very dangerous um but we would go all the way downstairs and they always it, have like beer kegs in them. Indeed. Just like shit like like lots of things for fire hazards. Yeah. Um, 
And it was just full, full of dancers who were all Eastern European, pretty much. Um, and they were all speaking in different languages from Eastern Europe. So it was already like, you can't sit with us vibes going on. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, ah. <laughs> in this sort of very tight, tiny space. You could smoke inside at that time. So everybody oh, wow. was smoking inside. So it's very smoky, very small, very small lockers for everyone. And I got sent over to the house mom or house mum. Um, who was an ex-stripper, I think you could tell. She was, they normally are. Yeah, yeah, very, very glamorous. And, you know, for those of you who don't know what house mom is or house mom, depending on where you are in the world, um, they're just there to do stuff for you. So they, you know, give you sequins and to replace on your knickers and <laughs> eyelashes and tampons and all that and kind of you stuff. you normally have to pay them as well. Yes. Normally, like, so you do a payout. They take the house fees and whatever. We'll go into all that at another time. But so... I get sent over to her. She sends me to a little place where I can get myself ready and, and changed and dressed. And the first thing that became really like that deep, white, hot fear embarrassment level was that I realized that my idea of shaving my vagina was not other people's idea or strippers idea of that. And so I was just surrounded by zero pubic hair and i i mean in stripper land like i i've always enjoyed a little bit of hair i think it's nice i like to look like an adult um and my clientele appreciates that but even by my standards right now it was this was it was harry mary (laughs) harry mary and it wasn't okay (laughs) i mean basically i mean it isn't but it was and it was just like and i was just fucking and you must have started in the early 2000s that was very much the age of the bold vagina it's true like so this was like 2001 and i was like sides just do the sides and like it just would have been a hairy butthole a hairy situation oh you didn't shave your butthole i didn't even know how i didn't even know you were supposed to i didn't know that was a thing like i was 18 what 18 year old even i didn't even know i actually remember seeing hair on somebody else's butthole and being like oh there's hair on your butthole. So you like, didn't even realize you had no, hair on your own but butthole. No, I'm actually just realizing this now. I'm embarrassed right now. I just, <laughs> I, I feel myself getting actually a little flush. I'm thinking about it going, how long did it take you to realize To that? realize this you had awful. hair on your butthole. A long time, I think. I think far longer than I would like to admit. Oh, Lord. So, yeah. Oh, Lord. So, and then I think the makeup that I had was like some really crappy stuff that you j- I just had. I think I might have even brought it from home. So it was probably like Mary Kay or something like oh. I don't know blue eyeshadow um, oh blue eyeshadow yeah it, oh. I didn't really know how to put on blue makeup. eyeshadow and a hairy arsehole <laughs> <laughs> some salsa shoes oh, and some salsa shoes I wouldn't have given me any money actually where is that guy I want to give him all his money back <laughs> I, and uh. I think I owe him like what's it called when you uh owe money for a long time my brain is just gone uh, interest. Oh, <laughs> interest. You I owe him interest. Wherever you are, man. <laughs> you remember me. I remember you. Um, and so, yeah. So basically, I go into the club. I just felt really uncomfortable. Everybody's in pleasers. And I was like, what are those? They all look so glamorous. And- yeah, you just stick out like a sore thumb oh, when I you are just- new. I-, I looked like an idiot. So I go up onto the floor. I think I cried a little bit because oh. I was just totally freaked out. And then, oh yeah, I did cry. And then a waiter came over to me and was like, you look like a nice lady. Why are you here? You look very sad. I think you should go somewhere else. And I was like, I can do this. And so like, I, That's not what you need to hear as well. Yeah, yeah great. Thanks for the vote of confidence, man. But he probably heard about my hairy asshole. So. 
He's trying to help me out. So I go upstairs and nobody talks to me. And which, as you know, is quite humiliating and difficult for me because I like to have friends. Yeah. So I was very lonely in my little salsa outfit with my <laughs> crap makeup and hair uh, everywhere. See, normally, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> normally you have like that one predatory woman or like that I one older that. lady I... that just wants to take you under her no, wing. No, no, no. Nobody wanted me under their wing. <laughs> I, was, I was ostracized. <laughs> I was in the corner on my own. And... So nobody came in and it was very quiet. And I was thinking, this is the best strip club in London. It's very quiet. And so I think they set all the prices at that point. So you didn't even get to sort of, I was just sat there waiting. And then a waitress came over to me and one man came in and he was, you know, losing his hair, kind of Pillsbury doughboy vibes and very nondescript. Um, and I sat with him and he paid me for the hour to sit with him with champagne. So suddenly I felt quite glamorous. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel the hatred that was probably happening around me very slowly from this absolute mess, getting the only customer in the club. Mm -hmm. But he obviously was one of those sort of predatory customers Mm -hmm. who was like, ooh, newbie. Yeah, indeed. So I sat with him for a while. He told me all about um, how, you know, he was in open relationship with his wife. He was basically fishing to see if I was a prostitute. I now see in hindsight, Um, but I was far too naive. And I was like, oh, really? Wow. I hope that's okay for you guys. And yeah, I I have no idea what I said, but I was very, very naive. Um, And then he asked me for a private dance. And private dances at the windmill are on the main stage. Uh, They're not private. They're not they a don't private have dance on the main stage. Yeah. So if you wanted a full nude show, it's the main stage. You got to you get do, on stage, yes. and you can wow. do lingerie shows at people's tables, which is still on the floor. They didn't have any private, private right, areas. Right, okay. Um, but you kept all your lingerie on, hence why you had to have like this long dress and this all these layers. Um, but if somebody wanted a full nude show, you had to you get, had on, to the get on the main stage. So I have never done a nude anything in my life. Um, I just had to have several shots of tequila, I think, for some Dutch courage or Hispanic <laughs> um, and I asked the DJ to put on Prince because uh, of course everybody gets naked to Prince and Kiss. Yes, um, yes. And I I salsaed my little heart out so quickly <laughs> and just desperately didn't want to fall over. And also, girls who've stripped, we all understand that taking your underwear off over buckles oh. is a, is a very risky business. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that I was like as flexible as I am now, you know, uh, being a veteran and also a yogi. So I probably bent my knees and looked like I was going to put myself on stage, which is never the one. Just... Um, don't bend your knees on the stage when you're taking your underwear off, ladies. That is the biggest. And point your toes. But it's like you're trying to shit in a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Well, basically, Harry Mary pooped in a bucket and then did a little salsa dance on stage to Prince. Um, I didn't tip my hat only because I did not have one. But if I had had a hat, it would have been tipped all over the place. Um and I was terrified, and all I could see was just a wall of angry, angry, angry veteran strippers with their arms crossed over their ginormous fake boots, <laughs> all glaring at me. Because why on earth was I, Little Miss Salsa Queen, on stage getting any money? And when I came off the stage, I was like, did you think it was good? And he was just like, I mean, you could slow down a little bit and probably oh, smile a bit more. I, I, I would just, just imagine yeah. you just going very fast. Was, uh, yeah, But yeah, so that's uh, 
that's my first time and oh, your first time. Wow. <laughs> no, God, it's so nice, isn't it? Just like reminiscing and looking back. Like we've come so far. We really have. <laughs> Maybe we should just start it. You shave your arsehole now. I do. All the time, even in lockdown, I'm just going to point out that I shave for me now, for no one else. Um, but yeah, so that's the end. Uh, our next episode, uh, I think we'll talk about how we learned the trade because that's just a whole bunch of information on yeah. its own. Yeah, and, that's a lot. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of information. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today. If you haven't already, we would really appreciate you hitting that subscribe button and leaving us a positive review. All show notes and social media links can be found on our website, www.strippersintheattic.com. This episode was brought to you by House of Vixen, produced by Stephen Armstrong. Editing and post-production by Adam Grigg. Original music by Myron Cohen and Hart McNee. And our artwork was brought to you by Ben Prescott. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I'm Buffy. And I'm Heaven. And together we are... Strippers in the Attic.